0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Everybody happy to be in church on Wednesday? Yeah! Wow! What a great looking crowd tonight in the middle of the week. We know that you've had Probably a crazy busy week, but somehow you fought the Austin traffic that is back now with school is in session You can't get anywhere on time at this point, but but we're still in church tonight And i'm going to dive right into the word of God and and i'm going to start with something peculiar Because if you think about the human race, we human beings We are we're odd creatures we do some funny things, right? Some things that, that are just a little bit, maybe weird, and there's some things that you do that you probably haven't spent much time thinking about. For instance, have you, have you spent much time thinking about how we greet one another? Amen. Some of you walk past people, and you give a good amen, <laughs> right? This is, that's wonderful, and those are great. There's some other things that we do in society as well. There's, there's just the simple gestures, just a simple <laughs> wave and smile, right? We, this is what some of us do. Then, especially in this day and age, what do we do? We just we kind of give a little fist bump, boom, little elbow. It's the universal sign for hello, hi, how are you? You don't even have to say anything, but you reach your, your fist out. People are like, yeah, hey. We know what it means. This is how we greet people. And then there's the simple, you know, you can't ever go wrong walking down the street. You just you make eye contact with somebody. You don't really know them, so you can't speak to them because that might be odd. But you can just simply give them the, the head nod. Like, where do we come up with this stuff? We know what it means, though we've never, it's never been clearly defined. This is just a way that we greet people. Then sometimes we we incorporate our voices into these greetings, right? Like, sometimes we use phrases like this. What's up? <laughs> what? Like, why does our voice have to get deeper when we say what's up? And then sometimes, like, the inflection gets weird and we want to have fun with it. And we're like, what's up? You know, when it's somebody that you, you really know, we, we've got these greetings. And then sometimes you, you put accents on it, right? Good day, mate. What? No. Just say hi. What are you talking? And then if you're from Texas, every once in a while, you'll say like, howdy. Howdy. And it's you people that everybody else thinks that every Texan wears cowboy boots and a cowboy hat because of that statement right there. Howdy. Sup, bro. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all did that today when you got to work. You saw your co. What's up, bro? You girls, you're just as guilty. I hear, you. I hear my wife on the phone all the time. Hey, girl! <laughs> like, what? Why can't it just be, hey, girl, what's going on? No? Hey, girl! It's like, what? And then, and then sometimes, see, some of y'all, like, especially if you're dating, some of you guys use this one today. This is so funny. I can't believe I've, I, I read this one on the internet. This is so great. What's kicking, chicken? I know, that's so dumb, but it's so funny. Some of y'all are going to use that this evening. And then, I know this is the, the most corny one, but you've used this one in, when greeting your spouse or your girlfriend. Was cooking good looking? Oh, come on, get a new line. That is cheesy. Everybody has used that one. Do something different. But in, in this day and age, you know, maybe five years ago, we started saying this, or you started saying this. You people, I don't say this. Hey, boo. What? Boo. 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 And then if you're... Once again, we get back to the inflections and the voice change. And then like we're like, how you doing? You know, like some of you do that. Yeah, y- y- y'all are weird. I know, but but we're praying for you. We, we have these weird... weird We're just odd sometimes with these greetings, but but what's funny is if you read the pages of Scripture, Jesus had a way that he regularly greeted people. There was a a way that was common to him, and not just him, but to other uh, prolific authors throughout the Word of God, But, but coming or going, you would frequently hear Jesus greet people with a statement very similar to this, peace be with you. After something would happen or, or even something traumatic, he would say something like this. Now, go in peace. This was the, the statement that, that he would make. Even the Apostle Paul often said in his writings when he would begin a letter, he would say, Grace and what? Grace and peace be with you. This is how he would, he would open his letters to people. And, and think about all the other things that Paul could have opened his letters with. There, there's so many different things that he could have chosen to say in his greetings. He could have said grace and popularity be with you. Because people want popularity. He could have said grace and fame be with you. Grace and power be with you. Grace and riches be with you. Great, gra- You put, plug the word in. But no, no, he didn't choose to say that. He said grace and peace be with you. And I would argue on this Wednesday night that what so many people really want in life, and and oftentimes they don't even understand or realize that they want it or even need it, but but you and I crave peace. Real peace. We crave a, a heavenly peace because some of you have learned this the hard way. You can have all the money in the world but have no peace in your heart. You can be married to the woman that was once your dreams but have no peace in your home. You can have it all by the world's standards but have absolutely no peace in your life. Every single one of us desires peace but instead what many of us have is anxiety and frustration And anxiousness. We've got this tension in our lives. Even think about your relationships with your family or your friends or or dating relationships. What do you want? You want want peace in these relationships. You want harmony. You want uh, understanding. But what do we have a lot of times? We have the opposite of this. We have misunderstandings, don't we? We have disagreements and hurt feelings and bitterness and unforgiveness. And so in, in light of what we desire versus what we actually have in reality, I want to I take you on a journey this evening into a, a book of the Old Testament that you're familiar with by the name of, of Isaiah. And I think as we, we kind of traverse through this, you're going to get a little, a little better understanding on this whole idea of, of peace. In fact... We're going to start a a two-week mini-series that we're going to entitle Perfect Peace. Perfect Peace. So a little context for Isaiah chapter 26. It's perhaps a a season very similar to what we're living in right now. A season of uncertainty when uh, the prophet Isaiah would declare that in a day coming, there will be a day when there is unhindered worship filled with Peace and passion and and praise for the goodness of God. And, and, And in chapter 26, verse 1, he would say this, In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. And then he would say this in verse 3, You will keep in perfect peace come on somebody say perfect peace peace. you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you then verse four trust in the lord always for the lord god is the eternal rock i don't know about you but i love this promise (laughs) I, I want this promise. In fact, I need this promise in my life that we will be kept in perfect peace, a peace that comes from heaven. And I, and I don't know about you, so I won't speak for you, but let me, let me speak for me. I feel like sometimes in my life, perhaps I'm not so familiar with this perfect peace, but, but instead, every once in a while, I find myself familiar with imperfect peace. Or, or maybe a better way to say it is inconsistent peace, right? Peace that, that I can pray a prayer and, and I can feel peace for a moment and then three minutes later I'm like, God, why didn't you answer what I just asked you? Come on, Lord. Why, why didn't you just bail me out when I called on you even though I'm the one that just got myself in this huge mess? And I, I need you. Where are you, God? See, I can... I can have a moment of joy, a moment of peace. I can have this, this moment where I, I feel so strongly the presence of God, but then what feels like moments later, I, I have this sense of anxiety and, and just just what, what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to turn out. So I feel sometimes like I'm more familiar with an inconsistent peace than I am with perfect peace. And I know you're much you don't struggle with that so i won't put you in that boat but if you're anything like me if you're anything like any other human being you struggle with that as well and yet and yet god promises god promises something called perfect peace perfect peace so what is perfect peace What is this perfect peace? In fact, the word peace in the Old Testament Comes from a a really strong and amazing Hebrew word It's the word shalom You've heard the word shalom It's actually a Jewish greeting Shalom, you would hear it both coming and going Someone might say to you, shalom What What does shalom mean? This word means way more than just simple peace In fact, The word shalom means wholeness. It's a a completeness. It's a fullness of peace. It's peace in every way that you can think about it. It's complete and perfect peace. It's peace with God. It's peace with other people. It's peace in your relationships. It's peace with yourself. It's peace with your circumstances even when your circumstances aren't what you would ever want them to be, it's shalom. It's complete and whole peace from God. Shalom. What's interesting here is that in the original Hebrew text, in Isaiah, it actually reads like this. You will be kept in shalom, Shalom. The word shalom is there twice, and it 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 shows how emphatic that this statement is in the Hebrew language. What it's saying is that is that you and I we will get a double portion of peace. Not not just a little bit of peace but God says I will give you your peace and then I'm going to add a cherry on top that's going to be some more peace for when you don't think you're going to make it through and when you're tempted to worry and question and be frustrated and anxious, I'm going to give you a peace for that too. Shalom. Shalom. It's a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand and to comprehend. And so let me be clear This peace that I'm talking about this evening does not mean that you won't have trouble in this world. In fact, I hate to tell you, you you are sure to have trouble as we are instructed in the book of John, chapter 16. In this world, you will have trouble. So, there's gonna be circumstances in your life that you're you're not void of those circumstances just because you have peace. It doesn't mean that your kids won't get in a fight on the way to church. Y'all's kids don't do that? It's just my kids. Oh, Lord, they're in class right now, thank God. They need Jesus tonight. It doesn't mean that your spouse isn't gonna ever get on your nerves got an amen in the house (laughs) that was not the time to amen I'm just I'm just kidding here's what I want you listen this is this is very important listen in for just a second you've got to understand this that peace isn't found in the absence of problems but it's found in the presence of God just because you deal with circumstances in your life does not mean that you will not have peace because peace is not the absence of your circumstances and the issues, but it's the presence of God. Peace is God's presence. It's God's perspective. It's God's assurance. Even when life is anything but what you wished that it would be, and some of you right now are sitting in your seats or you're watching online and you're like, yeah, Pastor Brad, my marriage is awful right now. Where's the peace in that? Where, where, where's the peace in that? I'm in so much physical pain in my body. Where, where's the peace in that? I'm trying to hold it together financially. The bills are stacked. Where's the peace in that? I've got a child struggling at school. Where is the peace in all of that? So how do I move from just hearing the promise of of having peace to actually experiencing the shalom, shalom of God, right? This is is the question that we've got to understand tonight and figure out, and I want to show you in Scripture how you can experience this peace that we're talking about. See, there is a battle for your peace, there is a battle going on for your peace. And let me tell you where it starts. It starts right here. There's a battle for your peace, and it's right here in this amazing head of yours. The battle for your peace starts in your mind. See, see, I can know the truth of God, but then every once in a while my mind begins to wonder into all sorts of untruths. Or even better yet, I can, I can believe wholeheartedly the truth and the promises of God for you, but not for me. Right? Come on, we're good at that. There's a war going on in my mind between what God says and what my mind sometimes wrongly believes. And the battle for peace Begins in your mind. Let's get back to Isaiah for just a moment. Chapter 26. We've read this. It says, you you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. What are your thoughts fixed on? The truth of God. Your thoughts are fixed on the things of God. They They are fixed on God. Notice what Isaiah doesn't say. He doesn't say you have perfect peace when your thoughts are fixed on the news. He doesn't say you have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the future. He doesn't say you have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on financial problems or the news that you got from the doctor. No, no, no. He says you're going to have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on God. When it's focused, when you're laser focused on the Word of God and the truths about God. So let me ask you this question this evening. What is your mind fixed on? Right now. As you were driving to church tonight, pastor preaches a message and preached it years ago, but he uses an illustration in it that I've never forgotten. The, the crux of the illustration is this, and here, here's the, the point that I want you to understand. He said, whatever rules your mind will ride your back. There's some things in your life that you're allowing to run rampant in your mind that you're focusing on. And this thing that you're focusing on, though, to other people around you is not near as big, but you have focused on it so much that you're, in your mind, the God that you come in here to worship, the God that you worship in your car and at your house, sometimes in your mind, he's not big enough to take care of the thing that you've been focusing on. The thing that you've been making bigger than the God that you're worshiping. What are you you fixed on? What is that thing that is causing you anxiousness and frustration? What consumes your mind? What does your mind drift to? What do you find yourself focusing on throughout the day? Philippians chapter 4 would say this Fix your thoughts, not on what creates fear and gives you anxiety in your life. No, no, no. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And verse 9 would go on to say this, and then, then, after all of that, after your mind is thinking on the right thing, then the peace of God will be with you. Y'all, the recipe for peace is not really, really difficult. It's just got to change in your mind. you got to start thinking about the right things. you got to start giving energy and time and focus on the things of God instead of everything that's going wrong in your world. So what do I think about? What, what do I think of? I think my God is good. My God is, is better to me than I could even begin to imagine. I, I, I think things like this, his promises are true. His promises are for you and they're also for me. Amen. That if he said it, he will do it. So, so then I think, who, who is my God? Amen. He's my healer when I'm sick. Amen. He's my deliverer when I'm bad. See, when I'm hurting... He comes through for me. When I've fallen, he picks me up. See, those are the things that you've got to fix your mind on. Instead, we make a mistake and we fix our mind on, I'm such a loser, I'm worthless, I'll never get over this. And then your mind is shame begins to build up in your mind. And guilt begins to lay on your shoulders. And God's saying, that's not for you. I've got something better for you. I've got peace for you, but i, I got to change your mindset. i got to get you thinking on the right things because the enemy, the enemy will sit right here and try to make you believe all those things about yourself, and God says, are you going to allow the voice of the enemy to be greater than my word that is right here? Which voice are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice of the enemy? Or do you want shalom? Shalom. Are you going to begin to fix your thoughts and your mind on God? Fix your mind on God and ask yourself this question. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger of the sword. Let me modernize it for you. In today's day and age, we might say something like this, or relational tension, or loneliness, or anxiety, or loss, or depression, or fear. What will separate me from the love of God? No, in all of these things, what are we? We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Why? Because I am convinced... I'm convinced in my mind I'm convinced Not that I'm a terrible person Not that I'll never make it No, no, no I'm convinced in my mind That neither death Nor life Nor angels Nor demons Nor height Nor depth Nor anything All creation will be able to separate me From the love of God Which is in Christ Jesus My mind is fixed On him. My mind is fixed on him. He offers you and I shalom. Shalom. It's the perfect peace of God that the world will not understand. Because the world can't find it. You can't find it looking for it in every in in the bottom of a bottle. You can't find it in every broken relationship. No, no, no. You find it when your thoughts Fixed on God. So if you're going, listen, if you're going through loss or hurt or pain or fear, I pray the words from Philippians chapter 4 would touch your heart this evening. when, When Paul said this from a Roman prison, possibly awaiting execution, he said, don't be anxious about anything. Come on, whatever's weighing you down, Whatever's gripping your heart, don't be anxious about that. But in every situation, in spite of the doctor's news, whether the bank account's high or the bank account's low, whether your relationship with your kids are good or bad or your spouse is good or bad, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, praise, Present your request to God and watch what? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? It's the peace of God. The peace of God. It's not the peace of this world, it's not the peace of having having all the fame and fortune in the world. No, 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 no. That's not what's going to do it. It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. It's God's peace to give. It's God's peace to give. So let me say it this way. If the world can't give it to you, don't allow the world to take it from you. Come on, if the world can't give you that peace, don't allow the world to get in your mind and the enemy to take the peace that God has in store for you. Would you stand with me this evening? One way that you can combat the forces of the enemy from taking your peace as we have preached tonight is to Fix your thoughts on Him. And I'm going to give you another way very quickly as we wrap up tonight. And it's this. It's to get some really good people around you. Yeah. To get in community. To live a life of relationship. I heard a story recently. A good friend was telling me this story About a top Swedish runner The top in his field The the fastest runner I believe he ran the 1500 meter race In the Olympics Not this past Olympics But that was his race He He was the fastest in Sweden He was the big fish Big man on campus Yeah let's go But he got to the Olympics Ran the race And he got beat by three Kenyan runners All three plays He didn't play And obviously frustrated by the outcome He said you know what I got to make a plan If I'm going to beat the best I need to train with the best Right, this, is, this sounds like a great idea And so this is exactly what he does He packs his bags and he moves to Kenya To train with this Kenyan team. (laughs) This is is where the story gets a little wacky. Top runner in Sweden. Probably been running all of his life to get to this pinnacle, right? To, To reach... I obviously have not been running all my life. Okay, you have to commit to this. He gets to Kenya, enters the training program. And within several weeks... Of being in the program. The man packs his bags. Gets back to Sweden. And quits running altogether. A man that's been doing this his entire life. He was, he was built for this. This is what he had trained for. Boom. Just like that. Leaves Kenya. Quits the sport altogether. When he was interviewed, y'all, this is amazing, when he was interviewed as to why he not just left Kenya, but quit the sport altogether, he told them this, I got to Kenya, and I got in the training program, and within the first five minutes of being there, I learned very quickly that there were 500 other Kenyan runners in this program that were faster than me. They could have sent any of the 500 would have beat me in the Olympics. What's the use? I'll never be, I'll never be the best. And so he quit the sport because he, he thought that he would never ever have a chance to be the best or to be the fastest. And we preach the importance of of life groups and community. And it's not just, it's not just to say it and to, to be cool, oh, we want to be a church with groups. No, it's because we believe in the power of community. Listen, it's because when the enemy shows up with a situation in your world trying to steal your peace, When you've got some good people around you, when you've got some good people that are growing with you and training in the faith with you, that are building you up, that are standing by your side, that are building up some spiritual sweat equity, that are saying, I want to grow in my faith. We're gonna get better together. We're gonna to get closer to Jesus than we've ever been. And guess what? The enemy begins to listen. This is the moment that the enemy comes in and he tries to steal your peace. But this time, you're surrounded by a group of people that are heading in the same direction. And I'm telling you, it won't take long for the enemy to walk in and say, "Oh my goodness." There are too many people in this group. They are surrounded by too many people. There is no way that I'm ever getting His peace. There's no way that I'll ever steal His joy. No, 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 no. When your eyes and your mind are fixed on Him and you're surrounded, By great people. That's the moment that the enemy packs his bags, gets on a plane, flies back to wherever it is that he's got to go, and quits the sport altogether. Because he realizes, I don't have a shot with them. I used to have a shot with them. Oh, I used to get them good. But not this time. So, Lord, right now, God, I thank you for that shalom, shalom, that perfect peace. God, I'm not asking for just a generic peace. No, no, no. I'm not asking for a peace that the world can give, a momentary peace. I don't want that peace. Lord, we've tried that peace. Oh, it may have brought happiness for a moment, but Lord, it doesn't, it doesn't give us what we know. We're asking you right now for a peace to sweep into our hearts and into our minds. Lord, let, let the peace of God sweep in our homes. Let it sweep over our workplaces, Lord. Let it sweep over our country, Lord. We need the peace of God to be with us everywhere that we go, and it starts It starts right here with a room full of believers who know who you are and know what it is that you've done, Jesus, for us on a cross. It starts with a group of people that says, Lord, our minds will be fixed on you. When the enemy is doing his best in this day and age to draw our attention to every negative thing happening in our world, through all of that, Lord, we will stay focused on you. And we will have peace even in the middle of our circumstances. Bless us tonight, Lord, as we desire your peace, sweet peace. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus tonight? Alright, so school's back in session My kids have homework every day Wednesday night homework, are you ready? Focus this week On your thoughts When you have some idle time What are you thinking about? Focus your thoughts And here's, here's the second piece to the homework And I don't want you to miss this one I don't want you to get this one wrong I'm telling you, it has big consequences Find a life group Get in a group Not for the church, but for you I know you're busy I know you've got a lot of things going on But I'm telling you Being a part of a group Will be one of the best decisions that you make Let me pray Lord, thank you for tonight Thank you for being with us We honor you tonight And we give you glory, honor, and praise Now Lord, bring us back on Sunday For an amazing word An amazing time of worship for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for being in church tonight. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday.